Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. So today's show is going to be kind of different, man, you know, for season nine and dine. It's going to be kind of weird. I mean, it's not really bourbon, it's not really, well, it is food, but it's kind of like a food thing. Yeah, it's like specific. But I I mean, I got to be honest, though, I'm excited to talk to her because I love cheese, bro. I'm curious about it because I think there's a lot of similarities in cheese and bourbon making. Yeah, 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 you know, so I'm, you know, and I'm on the fence with cheese right explain that to me because you know my my daughter tried to say she doesn't like cheese yeah no no i'm not not saying i don't like cheese i just don't like milk (laughs) right right i'm not saying i don't like cheese i just don't like crappy cheese you know what i mean like i just don't like like the cheddar give me give me an example like you know the cheddar you get on on like a hamburger at like a mcdonald you know that that, that, that's not cheddar oh or that's not cheese that's that's american or or like the craft cheese singles thing you know like yeah, see, you're talking about bad cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like bad cheese. I like cheese okay. with some flavor. You know so what I mean? Say, like, say I'm a no brie. I like blue cheese, stuff like that. I don't like regular, like regular old cheddar cheese. What about like, because um, we got some cheese on the table. I mean, she, I guess she's going to talk about these, but. Sure. Yeah, she actually gave me this list of cheese to put together. And the only yeah. one that didn't make it was the blue cheese because I, you know, I'd had them for a while and then yeah. uh, it got extra mold on it. So <laughs> she did, she won't make it. <laughs> so a science experiment, huh? Yeah, for real. But you're not, you're not one of these weirdos that like. You get pizza and you put no cheese on it. You take oh no 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 okay no no I'm not that what just crust and sauce yeah yeah I'm I'm not that guy I just you know it you know it's just I mean you know it's hit or miss for me man you know it's a mood it's a mood. And plug got the Sazerac rye on the table. I brought tonight. some rye because yeah. you know we we drinking we're well, not drinking we drinking as always but we tasting <laughs> cheeses. Cheese. I was gonna say we drinking cheese, <laughs> but no, I cheese wanted shake. something that would be like. So we knew what a flavor was, right? Right. Something that's spicy. Yeah, because yeah, I have no idea. Because, you know, you know, I think, you know, we've said this before. Like, you know, people pair wine with cheese. Yes. And maybe people pair beer with cheese. Yes. But no one, I mean, maybe it's starting to be a new thing, but it's pairing, you know, spirits with cheese. Honestly, when I saw her post on Instagram, and it was the first time I ever seen somebody pair bourbon with cheese. Right. That's right. why I kind of wanted to have her on the sure. podcast, because sure. I was like... I didn't know this was a thing. Right. Exactly. And I wanted to talk to somebody who had did this thing I didn't know was possible sure. and why. Yeah. And and for season nine and dine, I mean, I couldn't think of a better like this is such a segue for us. Crazy. Like this is yeah. so off the beaten path. Yeah. yeah. And and you burn it down in the kitchen. So I, I try so, to. I try yeah. to. So how do you use cheese in your cooking? Like where where is the most prominent place when you burning it down yep. where you incorporate cheese? In a risotto or in a mac and cheese? Risotto? Risotto. <laughs> Ciao. Wow. Buongiorno. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, dog a risotto. And it's mainly like um the Parmesan. Yeah. You know, the Parmesan Reggiano. So when, when she sent me the message on the cheeses to buy and I saw that one, I was like, oh, that's weird, you know, because you're used to that. Like you're used to it already grated. Yeah. But this one's like fresh off the block. The flavor's crazy. Y'all taste I mean, it. It's kind of crazy. Flavor, I mean, the you know, cheese you bought tonight, man. I mean, it's just different. I wish I wish the blue would have survived. So yeah, I'm going to get the blue different. again. The blue it's was different. the blue. Like I like blue cheese. I like my wings with blue cheese. A lot of people prefer ranch. Oh, I'm a blue cheese all day. Thank you. But this yeah, blue I'm cheese right here is far superior than what you get for wings. I mean, it felt almost like a crime. When would we you tasted eat? It. Would you eat it with wings? Oh, 100%. Or would you put it on like a burger? No, I like would, a black I would, and blue burger. 100%. And, black and, blue. and, and, and it, it, would change, it would change your life. 
Because, you know, black and blues are good, but that cheese on a burger would yeah. change your life. You know how they say that most things would change your life? Yeah. It will change your life. Yeah. Uh, Blue cheese and so, bacon yo. on a burger? Ooh. Oh, my Maybe and, a and fried listen, egg. Maybe a so. Fried so egg. you taste these. So, so imagine <laughs> that blue on, in here. It was ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Yeah, these cheeses are are, are good. So, and you know, tell me, and tell me about your mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is ridiculous. Yours you know is because <clears throat> yeah. mine mine is pretty good too. I mean that that is the well, one thing I can do well. I haven't. Yeah. I, haven't I haven't had. Have you? Had this? No. Yeah. I have. No, I've you had, have. I've had. I've had. I've had, I've had, I've yeah, had. yeah. 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 I, I make a decent mac and cheese, man. It's it's got a few. How many cheeses? Like five. And and do you think like I I mean. Man, I really want to ask her. Yeah, it, like mac and cheese. Like, is that like taking the cheese and, and making a mac and cheese out of it? Is that like putting blaspheme Mount, Mountain Dew in your bland? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's blaspheme, <sighs> probably right. <laughs> I don't know, boy. It might be an elevated mac and cheese with the quality of these cheeses. Yeah, it but, might be over the top. But I tell you one thing though. One thing is about because you know I'm, I'm I'm looking at the prices of these cheese. You know, uh, yeah. like you know. They, you know, they this and five dollars for this little block. It's not, it's not cheap, right? So I'm saying, if you want to make a mac and cheese with some of this stuff, yeah, yeah people, is, people have to pay yeah, for it. It's pretty. Yeah, it's gonna come in expensive. your pocket. Nah, as long as you got mad, don't worry about it. And you see the fees wow. going at it. Wow, <laughs> look at this, man. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. That's, look, expensive. Look, that's expensive. That's expensive. That's expensive. Yo, so two things. When I reached out to her, yeah. so every, everything was contact. You know, sure. emails. She was like, I said, do you recommend any cheeses we have for when we talk to you? Right. Yo, she put she put in the work, man. She said, "Hey, there's a place called Ormonds in Charlotte, right?" Yeah. So, and I'm like, "She's in Connecticut, okay?" Yeah. Right. She said, "Go here. These are the cheeses you want to get." So yeah. I rolled up in there, and it was at the Seventh Street Market. You know, Seventh Street Market. I do. You know, it's yeah, I'm a block away from there when I work. It's a dope facility. They have like certain businesses in there, and they're not they're not low end. You know sure. what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So so this place is called Ormonds. You yeah. know what I mean, you walk in there, they have everything. Yeah. I mean, they have everything. Yeah. I've I kind of, I, I kind of feel like the cheese industry is, is kind of like the bourbon. You know, it's like yeah. they're all friends. They all recommend you know everyone yeah. else's stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's be you know, I, I would, I would, I them. would, I would venture to guess though that the cheese industry, yeah, and maybe this is another question for her, yeah. There's probably some snobs in cheese, bro. Oh, come on. I mean, I, I mean it's, it's no, snobs in bourbon. Like, no, it's, I feel like I feel like I mean we're about as snobby as it gets in bourbon, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I feel like it gets I feel on my like family's nerves. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of people in bourbon are very just down to earth. Sure. Man. Yeah. And I would imagine she's going to be down to earth. And there's yeah. a lot of down to earth people. Yeah. But the fact that this this product probably crosses over, you know, multi international. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's not, it's not oh, yeah. just American, like American whiskey. No, right? no, no. And so like you probably go overseas and like people take their cheese probably way too serious. Oh, way too serious. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? So. Like scotch. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you probably had to yeah. fight somebody in France yeah. over cheese. Yeah. Right. Because right. <laughs> I would think like, you know, in America. Get your hand off my blue. Um, <laughs> In America, <laughs> Wisconsin is probably the only place. You know what I'm saying? Probably, probably some, probably some cheese snobs oh, in Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin as a cheese snob. Yeah, for oh, sure. I think, yeah. But other than that, man, I don't think y'all, y'all, do y'all eat fondue? I've never had. <laughs> yeah, hot, I've been um, hot sticky cheese. Yeah, what's that? What's that? What's the, the melting mel- pot, man. The biggest waste of money ever, right? 
So in, in do you the, like in it? In the no. history of money. Bro. In the history of money, here, that is a big waste of here, money. Here's what I would say, man. It's so overpriced. Yes. And you cook the whole night. Yes. So, so you, like, you do and, the work and you pay it for it. And you yes. come out smelling weird. Well, look, I'll, I'll put it this way, though. If you go just for cheese fondue mm-hmm. or for like the dessert fondue, mm-hmm. it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Like that, if you go just for cheese and chocolate... It's amazing. If you go there for the filet and the shrimp and all that stuff and you find doing that, bro, you work hard. No. Yeah. And it's dangerous. You know, the only restaurant I go to to work is is the Korean joints where you cook at the hot table. You know what I mean? Oh, like the hibachi? No, it's not hibachi. It's it's called like um, they have one. Well, there's one in Baltimore called the honey pig. There's one here called the iron dish. And you cook it yourself? Yeah. They bring you all the meat and everything. And you have all your sides. Like Korean is famous for what they call banchan. It's like the little sides and stuff, kimchi, yeah. little stuff like that. And you cook the meats right at a little grill on your table. Oh, that's dope. I didn't see. I never did that. It's fire. It's fire. But that's the only way I work. That's <laughs> hey, it. Man, man. I mean, this whole season, man, it's been like a learning experience. <laughs> hey, I'm hungry every episode. Exactly. I put you on food. Yeah, <laughs> put wow. you on food. So, yeah, we'll talk to her and find out yeah, what, what the cheese is. Yeah, what, yeah, what the cheese is. Well, 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 welcome to the Black and Brown Podcast. I'm your man, A. Colbert, the plug. As always, I'm joined by my guys grabbing the bottle, Dub H. Stevens, a.k.a. the Silverback. Hey, what's going on, cousin? Good to see you, brother. And our guy, Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. What's the deal, fam? What's happening, cousin? Well, you coming in hot? Coming in hot. Came in hot, bro. And, and, and joining us on the podcast the first time, we're, we're breaking in her cheese. And she's here to talk to us about cheese. We got Lily Orr. She's on Instagram as Lil Curd Nerd. Yes. Yeah, Lil Curd Nerd. All so, right. So she's joining us to to uh, for season nine and dine just to give us some rundown on some cheese and everything. So Lily, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm, Man, I'm you gl- are low key for sure. I'm glad she threw the everybody in because yeah. we established if you just say hello or hi, it's a bot. Right? But you know what? Let's get it out the way. <laughs> Lily, how about those Yukon Huskies? Woo! <laughs> so, so Lily is in I'm Connecticut. A, I'm a Yukon grad, so yeah. oh wow! Lily, so yeah, that, so that was extra special for yeah, you. Yeah, she man. graduated from Yukon. Oh, that, was, that was very exciting. Very nice. <laughs> I yeah. wish I was there to celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You, but you're doing bigger and better things, and and the reason you're on the podcast is I saw um, I saw a pairing you did which was pretty far from the norm um, you did a pairing with bourbon and cheese I did yes one of my um, best friends from high school actually his dad is a bourbon fanatic and when I mean fanatic he has possibly every single bottle that you could think of um, his entire Uh, collection takes up his whole living room wall and um, one of his sons just moved out now so he's now taking over his room with all of the bourbon that he usually happens wow so you say he has so so you say he has a living room wall full of bourbon and then going into a another bedroom full of bourbon yeah, yeah. Wow. Now he's expanding it um, because now his sons are moving out, so he can just keep collecting the bourbon. Wow, uh, <laughs> wow. that's crazy. So is he? So is he a, a collector or is he a drinker as well? Or does he partake? Um, he's both. There's definitely a lot of bottles there that were not opened because he just likes to kind of savor them. Uh, but he he goes um, on like vacations to go visit distilleries like down south and stuff like that. Yeah. He's like on into it the same way that like i'm into cheese which is really cool oh, and dope. so that's yeah that's why we kind of wanted to bring that together um because every time anywhere i go i usually bring cheese with me uh it's kind of like <laughs> no, you I, keep I it in your pocket or I mean, how do you care that's dope <laughs> do you, do you, actually I, 
I do carry a lot of cheese in my pocket sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> I forget about it and then find out the next morning. So do you ever cut that cheese or no? I mean, is that <laughs> Most of my job is cutting cheese. Oh, <laughs> you, by the way, you've <laughs> never heard that before, right? Like I'm literally the first person to ask you that. So. Yeah, yeah, for real. Why is my glass empty? But let's oh, ba- let's back up a little bit. So let's let's so so you went to UConn, but but cheese was not your first um, love, as they say. So you kind of started in agriculture, right? Yeah. So actually, I so I come from a dairy farm. My family owns a dairy farm here in Connecticut, um, and we always produced milk more for like the fluid bottled market. And I never really like saw cheese making as a kid or like got to you know play with it myself or anything. Uh, we like took really great cares of care of our cows, but then, you know, the milk truck would come take the milk away. And like, that was the last I saw of it. So cheese making isn't really in my, my history, but, uh, dairy is. And so I initially went to college for animal science, um, at UConn and then through just, you know, being that rebellious kid, that's like, I don't want to do what my family does. <laughs> and- <laughs> And I switched my major um, to focus more on like environmental science and natural resources. So it's still kind of played into agriculture in a way. Um, And then I graduated with that degree and went off to work at um, like some small state parks and with um, some land trusts and stuff like that, doing a lot of work in uh, agricultural conservation. So conserving uh, agricultural land for future generations to use. and then through the pandemic, as most people, they found other hobbies. Talk about it. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. We did this crazy thing. So I started up uh, cheese making at home, actually. I've uh, brewed beer. I've brewed wine at home. And I was like, you know, I've never done cheese. And like, I know a lot about milk, but I don't know really that much about other dairy products and so i was like well if i can brew other things like cheese is fermentation you know i can figure it out and um so i started doing it i literally just bought a book off of amazon and some supplies from a cheese making website and started in my kitchen and i just absolutely fell in love with it like it was this like perfect mesh of my upbringing on my family's dairy farm like knowing a lot about dairy and milk and agriculture and then my like very science specific like background from college and like very chemistry driven and stuff and so it was just this really cool way to bring kind of my two worlds together mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it um I was like screw this I'm gonna go into cheese and <laughs> and I quit um my my job that I was doing at the time and I got a job as a cheesemonger actually which is like the person who sells cheese at a cheese shop um and then still continued my home cheese making and I wanted to see if I could pick it up professionally so Cato Corner Farm over in Colchester Connecticut uh here I literally just emailed the owner one day and I was like, I'm a home cheese maker. Like, can I come into your facility? That's dope. And and, um, he was like, yeah, we love visitors. So I came and I was like, so I actually like want a job. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what you got your foot in the door. So, so, um, (laughs) so, so with the, with the pairing you did was, is that something you thought about doing with bourbon? I mean, it's easy to do with wine, right? That's the the regular, but, but the bourbon was kind of uncommon so um two questions was it was it something you thought of and how did you pair the cheese with the bourbons okay so 
when people think of pairing cheese with a beverage, they typically go towards beer or wine just because that's what, you know, like the common beverages that everyone tries to pair with. Um, they're also pretty easy to pair with cheese. Um, there's a lot of uh, wines and beers out there that have the complexity that can, uh, you know, stand up to a lot of different cheeses. And Great also word. it's just easy. Um, but I actually didn't really think about cheese and spirits because I always just kind of assume that, you know, spirits are so high in alcohol that that's probably just going to cover up the flavor of the cheese in general, uh, which was, I was totally proved wrong. Right. <laughs> um, the, the idea for doing that, um, that bourbon and cheese pairing actually was just kind of because he was in love with bourbon and I was in love with cheese and, and we were like, would this work together? And so when we went into it, like I said, he has so much bourbon. Oh, he had some, um, he had some dope bottles. <laughs> yeah, we, we drank um, like Woodford Reserve and then there was like a double oaked Woodford. <laughs> yep. Uh, we had Willet and Weller. Yeah. Um, the the Jefferson. Yeah, Blanton's. He has like almost all the Blanton's. I think he's missing like an S or something like that. I hate, I, I hate okay. him already. Yeah, By yeah. the way, and you and you say it right. You said Blanton's. 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 So, um, I mean, I, I'm good. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Out of all of the, the stuff that he had, I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to be tasting. So I kind of just brought with me an array of different cheeses. So I had everything from like super soft like brie style to um like your firmer cheeses like a gruyere um or like prairie breeze like a, a cheddar-esque type of flavor um to blue like uh i had smoky blue and caveman blue by rogue creamery oh, and i had a couple of blue cheeses and uh then i had some really hard cheeses like parmigiano reggiano i just got this like whole gamut and some really nice goudas uh that like nice butterscotchy crystalline gouda uh -huh. i just kind of like i googled a lot on because i'm i'm actually not a huge bourbon and whiskey drinker it oh. takes me a lot like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> there's more, there's more, wait, 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 there's more, there's more. I, I wasn't originally, I always, like, I, I felt like I didn't know how to taste them properly. Uh -huh. And now, like, going into cheese and learning so much how to taste cheese, I felt like that, that helped me be able to taste other things, too. And um, so I, I used to just, like, smell bourbon or whiskey and just, like, think it was just so hot. Like, it's just alcohol. Like, how could you get right. past that? How could you taste those complexities? And, and I kind of learned to, to get past that, like, little bit of a sting and get more towards those, those caramel or, like, floral, oh, uh, yeah. smoky uh, aromas and flavors that you can get from these. Um, and so... So I went with, because especially with bourbon, it tends to be sweeter um, mm -hmm. because it has all that, that corn base to it. And so you have like flavors of like caramel, vanilla, baking spice, nuts, honey, all of that. And so wow. I looked for those, those mirroring flavors in yeah. cheese. Wow. And so I went for much more complementary uh, and comparing uh, pairings than uh -huh. I did for contrasting. Uh, contrasting pairings can get kind of tricky because you can be really wrong or you could be really right. Um, so, <laughs> so even, even a wrong pairing in like is part of your library that you keep in your head of like what tastes good together and what doesn't. Um, so I say, even if like a pairing goes wrong, that's still good information to have. Wow. Yeah. I, lo I love what you said there because of, of the cheeses you recommended for us, we have them on the table here and, and the, what I brought 
I brought a rye whiskey today. I brought a Sazerac rye. Dude, I figured with all the cheeses, yeah. a, a, a peppery, spicy rye couldn't go too wrong with the cheeses. And and just so you know, the only one that didn't make it was <clears throat> the the blue. Um, the, oh. the, the, the scar, was it the scar mug or something like that? The shaker rag? Yeah, shaker rag. That's it. And wow. the only reason it didn't, didn't make it because, you know, um, I think we spoke about three weeks ago when you gave me these cheeses and it, uh, had a little extra mold on it. So I had to, <laughs> I had to get rid of that. We didn't want to take a chance, but we having those cheeses now and they're really good flavors they are good, yeah. paired with this yeah. rye. So I agree. Yeah. I'm no, drinking rye. Oh, oh, nice. What, what are you drinking? I have Basil Hayden, their dark rye. Oh, fries. okay, yeah, okay, nice little eighty proof joint. Hey, so, um, so real quick, do you remember which, um, which pairing went well? You know, doing your bourbon and cheese pairing, like, what you know, what was the the home run, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, I took notes. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> what I'm like talking it. about. I like wanted it. to know if I was right or wrong, so yeah. <laughs> I had to take notes. But um. So Prairie Breeze, which I believe is one that you may have there. Prairie um, Breeze. I recommend Prairie that. I'm going to check right here. and see if it's we have it. Yep, there it is. Okay, yep, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do have the yep, Prairie Breeze. Yep. Yeah, so that's a very, very popular cheese by Milton Creamery. Um, I believe they're out in like Iowa oh. or somewhere in the Midwest. Um, and this cheese is just a really balanced, like sweet, butterscotchy, like cheddar-esque type it's of a, cheese. It's pretty amazing. Super sharp, um, but it has this nice savory quality to it. And at the pairing that we did, we really enjoyed that with the Woodward Woodford Reserve Straight Bourbon, mm-hmm. okay. um, and also with the Eagle Rare. Oh, Eagle! Oh, now you speaking my Yo, language. You tell, nah, tell, nah. Tell, tell, tell your guy he's got some heavy hitters. We like yeah. it. We like it. You no, know, I'm even open up a bottle of Eagle Rare now to try with this. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And just so I understand, um, little curd nerd. Um, so, so Prairie Breeze, tell, I mean, so like, is that like a, I mean, what does that mean exactly? So like for our listeners, if they want to go out and find this exact cheese, how do they do that? They better come to Charlotte. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go to Orman's Cheese Shop in Charlotte. Oh, uh, oh, oh <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I bought these at Orman's. I heard recommendation. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now it's all coming together. So, so this, so, all right. So now, now I'm, is it I, making think, sense? I think, I think, I think it's making sense. <laughs> so cheese is proprietary. Right. So I can create my own cheese and it's like its own proprietary deal. Yeah. So um, so that Prairie Breeze, like that is Milton Creamery's own recipe like that. They you know, they have the rights to that. That is their recipe. What? It's like a mash bill, dog. I I had no idea. I thought cheese was like Gouda or American or cheddar. or Yeah. Uh, So there's general categories of cheese, um, you know, of like just like this very specific (laughs) styles of like cheddar, Gouda, Brie, Camembert, stuff like that. Um, which here in the United States, we're pretty loose on those. Uh, but if you go to Europe, they have a lot more um, restrictions on the cheeses that they produce over there. Like Parmigiano Reggiano, for example, there's a whole consortium that runs exactly how that cheese is produced. Um, all the very little intricacies of that cheese, like from like what the cows are eating certain times of year to exactly how long you keep the curd cooking in the vat. Like it's, it's very, very specific in Europe um, to protect a lot of cheeses uh, by European standards. But here in the United States, we're pretty loosey goosey. So you can have general categories. Like I would put Prairie Breeze in the cheddar category. 
Uh, so if you're looking for something that's similar, but you can't find Prairie Breeze exactly, I would look for like a medium cheddar, um, something that has a little bit of like those crystals in it that you get when you're like crunching on it. Uh, and that has not an overly like sharp quality, but has a little bit more savoriness to it. Yo, wow. this is I'm, dope. I'm, 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 telling you, man, I'm kind like, of blown away. And, and for two reasons. <laughs> the first being like when I told these guys I want to have somebody on to talk about cheese and a, and a bourbon pairing, they were like, oh, I don't know how. It's yeah, because, you know, I'm not a cheese guy. Right. Bro, yeah, bro, you, you, want, you want a cheese guy until you got the what? right cheese you've, not, been, <laughs> you've been talking about this for and like her months, for, months, for like years yeah, and we, yeah i mean literally so. so so it's funny lily um because you know I, we moved down from connecticut to north carolina and once yeah. i saw what you did i told these guys i was like yo it's somebody from up the way i know them you know they grew up with the youngs whatever she's doing this amazing stuff with cheese right um you just had a, a cheese local consortium with the what is it the milkmaids is that your new oh yeah the, the meeting of the milkmaids it was like a women in cheese event but yeah it was it was really awesome it was this past weekend so, <laughs> so what's dope about that is like if you're thinking about what she just said and what she tells about cheese it's similar to bourbon and the way the distillers put out their product so True i mean story. what yeah. what what is the meeting of the milkmaids got on the horizon what's going to be coming from that yeah, so we're a completely like new, I, I guess you would call us an organization. It's really just five of us women that um, were all started pretty much as home cheesemakers. Um, and then one of them is, is a cheese writer. Um, and we just saw this need for connection in, in the industry, especially for, for women and stuff, because um, it is a pretty male dominated realm. Um, and so it was this woman, uh, who lives over in the Catskills, uh, Becky, uh, Colin Brooks, and she, does she have good hair? (laughs) Oh no, no, no. Never mind. Never mind. Don't, don't. (laughs) (laughs) He's stupid. I mean, she does have good hair. (laughs) Becky with the good, good hair. Um, and so she just saw this need to have this, this connection with people in the industry. And so luckily I was one of the people that she dragged along with her on this eight month planning. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we had it this past weekend and we had like some presenters, we had breakout sessions, we ate like an erroneous amount of cheese. <laughs> I saw the layout. And it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was this great place for all of us to get together and just, you know, talk about what's going on in the industry, um, you know, like about each of our experiences. And, uh, we had like a presenter talk about cheeses going extinct over in former Yugoslavia and like stuff like that. So it was just this really cool, this cool thing that we're hoping to have again next year. Well, well, not to take us too far off the rails, but how does cheese go extinct? Like don't cows have to go extinct first before cheese can be extinct? So there's. Yeah, so there are a lot of cows, like heritage breeds that do go um, extinct just from uh, like genetics kind of getting stale or, you know, just like breeding not really happening um, or, you know, dominant breeds like a Holstein, your classic black and white cow, um, just being way more productive. And so, you know, you don't want the lower producing breeds. Um, But another way that cheese goes extinct is just by the people that make it. Um, are dying off and they're not really giving that information to the younger crowds either because they don't want to live on the farm they're moving away from the farm um, or they just don't have an interest in it Uh, they want to do other things and then there's also regulations like regulations can really 
damper uh, cheese making processes. Like, um, for example, like in the country like Croatia, when they became part of the EU, then the EU had all of these standards that now they weren't able to necessarily follow because that's not part of the traditional method of making this cheese. Wow. And so therefore produce the cheese and so now the cheese goes extinct wow this is i mean i mean i'm in class this is a rabbit hole it is i'm telling you but you know but but it's it's kind of dope because we're talking about just a pairing yeah so and (laughs) and for me i can't get over that you have to ferment cheese i I didn't realize that was a process of making cheese like i didn't really understand that i i just tonight know that about cheese either like yeah. i said I dairy farm but i really know nothing about cheese so i was like i don't know maybe you just like boil milk and it turns into cheese like i don't know no i didn't, <laughs> know, that. No, I didn't know that at all until you so so it. i mean can you can you walk us through that process? Yeah, because though, I like, mean, it seems like the same process is making bourbon, bourbon. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. understand now yeah. why? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm floored. Today right years now. old. Yeah. Today years old for sure. I love it. Um, so yeah, the general the general cheese making process um, is really it starts with the milk. Obviously, that's the the main ingredient for cheese, and uh, the you know, the healthier, the better milk, the better for, for good cheese making. And so then you have cultures, which is what starts off the fermentation for your, your milk. And you can have different types of cultures. You can have your starter cultures, which is what kicks off your fermentation and starts, you know, dropping pH and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can have uh, your adjunct cultures, which uh, get added in at the same time as the starter cultures, but they really don't come into play until later on in the cheese's life. Um, so they'll, you know, produce enzymes or other flavorings uh, later on in the cheese's life, but you add them at the same time. And so then you have what's called as your ripening process, uh, which is the first part of cheese making. After you add your cultures, you allow whatever amount of time per recipe, because all all cheese recipes are different. Um, you allow a certain amount of time until you get to a specific pH that you want. Um, so your, your acid level. And then you add in your rennet, which is your coagulating agent, um, which can come from an animal source or it can come from a microbial or vegetarian source. Put that in and layman's terms for me, though. Say, say that one more time. Uh, rennet. Um, so rennet is the coagulating agent. Um, so it's found in uh, the first stomach or the fourth stomach of a ruminant. Um, and so you can have it as an animal source that way, or there are vegetarian sources uh, that do also have the same enzyme that mm. can coagulate as well. And by coagulate, you mean it makes it... So, so it turns it into a solid curd mass. Um, so it takes it from liquid to solid. Okay. Um, yep. And so it acts on the, the proteins and the fat in the milk to separate it from the whey. So, you know, like Little Miss Muffet and her curds and whey and all of that. Um, so that's what it'll then change to. So it'll go from milk to cultures then adding your rennet your for coagulation and then you cut the curd uh which you use these like really big harps for um and we call them cheese harps uh, but it's just this huge cutting tool and you cut the curd to whatever size you're looking for so if you cut the curd larger you're retaining more moisture in it so that would be for your softer cheeses like your breeze your camembert or any type of fresh cheese and then if you want something hard, like a, a alpine cheese, like Gruyere or Parmesan, you would cut the curd into like a corn kernel or like a, a rice size piece. And they're very, very tiny. 
And then from there, you can manipulate the curd in many ways. You can heat it, you can wash it, which means um, letting out a bunch away and adding water in, and that uh, changes the, the acid level a little bit. Um, you can press it, you can do all of these different things to get your final product in the cheese. And then from there on, the cheese can age or not age, depending on what cheese you're making. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so just, just for clarity's sake, what, what is whey? I saw you made a cocktail with that. And I was explaining to yeah. the fellas, you made a vodka cocktail, but is whey like a byproduct of the cheese making? And is, is it just like a flavorless liquid? It's protein, right? Yeah. So, so whey. So yeah, there's whey protein, um, which is, you know, what, where we get like protein powder, all of that, that is what whey is. Oh. So whey in, in cheese making, when, when we cut the curd, um, it separates the solid from the liquid. And so whey is like basically all water, but there is this whey protein in there. And then there's also like some other, um, like nutrients that, that whatever doesn't make it into the, the curd matrix is what ends up in the whey. So it's like this translucent yellowish greenish color because it does have, I believe it's like riboflavin in it that makes it that color. And it can be acidic or it can be sweet. Um, so it can either, you know, when you take a sip of it, it could, it could taste like a sweet cream or it could taste like a little bit acidic. Um, and what I did with it is make, so what we do at the farm that I work with, um, that I work at is we feed it to the cows. So it literally gets out from the cheese vat into this like giant tub and the cows come like running for it. They get so excited when it comes out. Um, so they know what so, happy hour is. <laughs> oh yeah. That's their happy hour. <laughs> Um, and other creameries do different things. You know, they can ship it off to get it turned into whey protein. Um, they can feed it to their animals, to pigs, to chickens, to cows. Uh, they can do other things with it. You can boil it and make ricotta out of it. Um, there's all different things. But one thing that I did is I made this, uh, I think it's like a Norwegian or Scandinavian drink from like way, way back when the Vikings were around. And um, it's called I pronounce it blonde because the other way that you would pronounce it is bland. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, wait, wait. But it's <laughs> but it's spelled B-L-A-A-N-D. Um, and it's a, it's basically a whey wine. So they ferment the whey until it produces alcohol. So what I did is I took whey home from cheese making at work and I added a white wine yeast into it. Um, so a yeast that would create these like kind of like peachy minerally flavors to it. Um, and it, I had various, <laughs> various differences in the different ones that I made because it really depended on the type of whey that I was using from the different cheeses. Um, so each cheese, uh, like from the day of cheese making that I took at home, all had different flavors to it and different pHs, and they all turned out very different. And I learned that whey from cheddar tastes horrible, <laughs> and <laughs> but whey from ricotta making tasted delicious. Um, so, so it's this like kind of little fun thing that I was doing with just fermenting these different ways from different cheese making experiences. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'm, that's I'm, like, I'm, this is, this it's is, like, it's like bartender type shit. Yeah, well, of course it is. <laughs> so, so what I appreciate about it is so many parallels with spirits making, right? right like, yeah, right. especially the bourbon process. Yeah. Sure. Like main ingredient is milk. Well, main ingredients, corn. Right. Yeah. And then you yeah. add the cultures, the, the yeast. The, the similarities yeah. are crazy. Yeah. And then you age it, right? Yeah. So put it in the barrel. What, yeah, exactly. Now, my favorite on this list so far is this 
Uh, I guess it's this Parmesan. Yeah, that Parmesan. Parmigiano. What is that? Yeah. How do you say it's that? It's a Parmesan Reggiano. Feeling this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite one with the um, with the Sazerac rye that we're drinking right mm-hmm. now. Okay. So, can you tell us what in the pairing? What that paired well with? If you can look at your notes and just and just tell us a little bit more about this Parmar- Parmigiano Organaggio. Mm. Rocky Marciano. Yeah, because I'm Marciano, dog. <laughs> yeah, Nico yeah, Lewis is a. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the, any of this stuff, man. No, no. Bite my tongue, my tongue start bleeding. <laughs> so, um, Parmigiano Reggiano, actually, we paired with um, a rye as well. Um, oh, okay. I don't have which one? But <laughs> I just wrote. Uh, PR with rye. That's what I wrote. Because I imagine <laughs> it would go good with the peppery, peppery rye because it's so salty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Salt and pepper. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like exactly. a little It's a little bit sharper of an Italian cheese. Uh, so it should go good. This is also like another uh, complimentary pairing. The spiciness of the rye goes really good with this like spicy little zip that you get from the, from the cheese. Um, and so Parmigiano Reggiano is a really great cheese. It's uh, one of like the kings in cheese. It's like one of the OGs. Like it's, you know, all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely um, fun with pasta. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's how that's how all of us here know as Parmesan. Yeah. And, <laughs> but the real the real thing is Parmigiano Reggiano DOP. This is like the cheese um, that, and it comes in like an eighty pound wheel. Um, so cheese mongers at cheese shops they have an entire ritual that they do to open this wheel. Um, there's a series of knives that you have to use. It takes like fifteen minutes to like crack this thing open. It's it's like this whole whole scene, and then you get this like amazing aroma of like fresh hay like walnuts like it's so great wow <laughs> that's a that's a lot of noses <laughs> off of a lot of bourbon yeah. and whiskeys yeah exactly well, scotch is definitely the hay yeah, the hay definitely. definitely gonna get you get you on the scotch and like and like what is there's like these flavor crystals on it like what what, what are those what is that so a lot of people mistake those crystals in cheese for salt um which makes sense because it does make you salivate when you crunch into them so people just assume oh it's, this is salt in my cheese um, but it's actually these crystals uh, called tyrosine crystals. And so this is uh, formed due to the breakdown of amino acids over time throughout the aging process. They'll break down and they'll start to form together and crystallize. And so they're even visible to your eye. You can feel them uh, as a crunch in your teeth. So this usually happens when cheeses are aged for like over 10 months. I, you wouldn't see it really in anything less than 10 months. Um, and so anything that's aged for like, you know, like two years or something, it's going to be super, super crystalline and just like a, a crunch attack. <laughs> it sounds like bourbon. Yeah, like two years. It's really sharp. Yeah. So if someone wanted to, I imagine a lot of you, a lot of the flavoring from the milk is what the cows feed on the grass and everything like that. So is it like pretty much designed where you have them feeding? So we, like where I work at Cato Corner, we are pasture based during the warm months. So actually the cows went out on pasture for the first time this this, uh, past weekend. And so during the summertime, their milk is like super, super yellow in color because that color is coming through from the beta carotene uh, in the grass. And so it turns this like comically yellow color. Like it looks like there's dye in the cheese, but it's not, it's just so bright uh, yellow. 
And um, you get these really beautiful flavors that come in from whatever the cows are eating out there. So, you know, you can tell if a cow gets into wild onion because you're going to taste that little onioniness in your cheese. So <laughs> and when they eat these, all these like wildflowers that are out there, you get the, that kind of florality in your cheese as well. So in the summertime, like when we make cheese with the summer milk, when it comes out of the aging process, like it's just so complex. Like you get all these little nuances that you don't necessarily get with the winter milk, although the winter milk is like still just as delicious in its own way. Um, the, the summertime, like pasture raised, uh, pasture fed milk is, is the best hands down. Um, Cause you get all these little nuances. It's kind of like literally taking a summer day and preserving it in a piece of cheese like it's it's incredible yeah wow you know um you know you know uh, you know by you saying about the onions and the wildflowers um you know uh, they say that about bourbon as well because you know they say a lot of the environmental stuff around the tree mm-hmm. that make the barrel you know you know that gets passed on to the bourbon because of that you know that you know that nature um so that was very yeah it's very um interesting yeah, to me there is actually um in this is just coming back to me now when uh when i was in college like i said i was in environmental science and natural resources and um we had to do this one uh project on like how uh you know climate change and global warming will influence uh like some type of food pattern and my choice was actually on liquor and wine <laughs> and um it talked about how i i talked about how um, the seasons changing and like, uh, uh, seasons getting warmer and seasons getting colder, but also like the time period of them changing as well influences the movement of bourbon and whiskey in and out of the barrel as it's aging. Um, so that was a really cool thing that just came back to me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The same process. Yeah, man, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> man. You know, all comes from the earth. So, so if someone was going to put down a pairing of, occasionally we get together we have bottles people bring bottles over and what kind of cheeses could we have on hand to to pair with things because you know normally it's like a wheat a rye or a bourbon you know so what would we pair with those so when it comes to pairings i always tell people not to overthink it um when i used to work at the cheese shop that i did people used to come in and be like oh my god like i'm having all these friends over i'm having my family over like i really want to impress them i really want something that's going to wow them and automatically I like always try to calm the customer down. Like pairings are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be interesting. Um, it's just something to, you know, try and experiment with. And so my, my golden rules really for pairing is, uh, try to match strength with strength. So you want the whole point of a pairing is for the flavors of both things that you're trying to pair the flavors of both to come through and to kind of dance in your mouth and create these other flavors or emphasize flavors that you're already tasting. You don't want one to just cancel one out or one to completely overpower because then there's no point in the pairing. And then you can go with like complementary or contrasting, like how we talked about like the spicy rye with the spicy cheese, or you could do like a sweet cheese with a bourbon, something like that. So cheeses that if you're going to, you know, pair with uh, like bourbon or whiskey, whether it's like rye or wheat or whatever, I would try to have uh, cheeses in your fridge that would be along the same flavor profiles. So like Parmesan Reggiano um, or Parmesan, whatever you can get your hands on. Uh, The Prairie Breeze, which, like I said, could be similar to like a medium cheddar uh, that's not overly sharp and has some savoriness to it. 
any type of Gouda, whether it's a young Gouda, you could probably pair that with some bourbon, or if it's an aged Gouda, you can go up to your higher strength spirits because it will have this more really strong butterscotchy flavor to it, which is like how you had, I think, the Stomperton Grand Cru. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you could go for like a cloth bound cheddar, uh, like Jasper Hill up in Vermont has a really great one. That one has these like more umami notes to it. Um, and that one could go really good with like a bourbon or a wheat. Um, then you can get into like soft cheeses, like a brie style, a camembert style, or any like soft, fresh goat cheese. I would probably more pair those with a bourbon or a wheat rather than a rye because those are very delicate cheeses and the rye might overpower it by with, with the spiciness to it. Um, and then you can get into blue cheeses and blue cheeses are like one of my favorite things to pair because I'm a huge blue cheese eater. Um, and I was not before I got into the industry. This is like very new for me <laughs> to really love blue cheese. Um, but you can go for these more creamier blue cheeses, uh, like softer, smoother blues for like the bourbon or the wheat, um, like caveman blue from Rogue Creamery. If you're into scotch, uh, there's also smoky blue by them as well. You can add a little bit more smoke to your scotch. Uh, <laughs> and um, then like the shake rag uh, that I that I suggested to you, which is actually soaked with uh, uh, whiskey on the on the rind uh, around some leaves. That one that's real good. Yeah. That's by Sequatchie Cove, uh, which is down south. Um, I can't remember what state, but yeah, there's there's a million ways to go about it. And I just think that people should really have fun with it and not overthink it. Because like I said a little bit earlier, is that even if it's a bad pairing, it's still informational to you and still part of your library of flavors and aromas. And so a bad pairing to me is still a good pairing because I still learn something from it. So, so like, um, you know, we, we want to be... Uh, religious with the commitment you made to us for time and everything so tell everybody where they can find you where they can follow you because we're going to share that one post you put out about the pairing with the bourbon so i'm sure you're going to get some followers and some questions so tell everybody where they can find you or reach out to you if they need to yeah so my name is lily Orr. uh you can find me as at lil curd nerd on instagram that's l-i-l-c-u-r-d-n-e-r-d um, and then you, I work at Cato Corner Farm uh, here in Colchester, Connecticut. You can also find us at, at Cato Corner Farm Cheese. Um, if you have any questions for me, I am lilcurdnerd at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer anything relating to cheese or relating to pairings uh, or any general questions that you have. Um, or if you're you know, just curious about where can I find a local cheese shop or a local cheese maker or anything like that. Word. It works out. She hooked me up. She hooked me up. <laughs> yeah, man, Lily, yeah. thanks for coming through and dropping the knowledge on us. Yeah, man, I mean, it was, it was no, really eye-opening. So yeah, man, it's been really a light. Yo, for your man. first podcast, you did awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I was so nervous, but... Nah, <laughs> I nah, nah. Yeah, I couldn't tell it. I mean, you know, I guess whenever, you know, you're talking about something that you love and you're passionate right, about, you kinda, right. it comes through. Like I told I you, this is just a conversation. Yeah, so, man, I appreciate that. Um, sure. we, we hope to have you back on when you're doing more things and you can talk to us and the listeners and um, we'll send you those samples and then you can come back and tell us what we should pair and then yeah. talk about that. Thank you for coming. That was amazing. I think our it was a master class, dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. You can't go wrong with that. You can't yeah. go wrong. Well, that was dope, Lily. Thank you for coming through on the podcast again um, for the crew, Black and Brown Podcast. That way you can wrap us when you're ready. Lily, thanks for coming out. Little curd nerd, I like that. Stay black, keep it brown, stay cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <guys. laughs>